this is really important to understand is in Christianity, we have to avoid Gnosticism at all costs. And what is Gnosticism? It's a division between the spiritual and the physical. Welcome to the Salty Pastor Podcast, a podcast designed to coach you up in your faith. Coach. The more you know, the more you grow. Oh, yeah. The importance of growing your faith is more critical now than ever. And the goal of the Salty <laughs> Pastor Podcast is to coach you in your faith. Mm-hmm. Every Tuesday, we focus on what the Bible actually says and what it means. We do this by focusing on the context, the cultural context, the historical context, and the philosophical context. We also focus on the literary context, simply meaning that we use the surrounding text as the first step in understanding what is being written and what it actually means. Mm -hmm. Our hope is that you will learn these tools for yourself so that you might investigate the scriptures on your own. Then on Thursdays, we focus on how these apply, how to apply these biblical principles to our own lives and the world around us. My name is Jesse Mayer. I'll be your host. And we can't do this without the one, the only, the salty pastor himself, Dr. Douglas Peak. Here I am, everybody. So good to be with you. Uh, can't believe that we're almost done with January in the year of 2024. Pretty amazing. So we got a great year planned for you. We're going to be doing some brand new things. We're going to go down some brand new, you know, uh, roadways, alleyways, pathways. We're going to climb new heights. We're going to do all kinds of things. So glad you're with us. It's going to be a great adventure this year. A lot of new things that we're going to look into, things that are really apropos or really applicable to our world today. And so like and subscribe, jump over on YouTube and like and subscribe. We're trying to get that up. It's been growing slowly, but uh, we need your support. So glad you're here with us and glad you're joining us for the Salty Pastor Podcast. And I got to say, we're doing something a little different over the next eight (laughs) weeks here on the Salty Pastor. Foothills Christian Church is embarking on a new series titled Weeds in My Garden. And the church is going to be focusing on mental health. This series is an outreach to our community and people who are searching for answers in a world that's lost its way. We're Mm. trying to bring honesty about this conversation. So the Salty Pastor is going to focus on the same thing. Our hope is to have honest conversations about mental health and why it's such a growing issue in our society today. So my first question for the Salty Pastor is, (laughs) why would a church ever want to do something like this? Well, I think there's three main reasons why they're all biblical, you know. First and foremost, in Matthew chapter 28, Jesus says, go to all nations. Mm -hmm. And so the Greek for that is called panta to ethna. And the the word ethna is the word in Greek where we get ethnic from. Mm -hmm. Now, that refers to, uh, ethnicity refers to, Maybe like the, the the your skin or the area color of your skin or the area you grew up, but it's also your culture, your way of of doing life, mm. so to speak. And basically, Jesus says, "I want you to go to all of these different ethnicities, all these different cultures, all these different societies, not just the people that look and think like you." Exactly. We want to go cross cultural every way we can, and introduce them to me, right, to become my disciples. So often things. Oftentimes we as followers of Christ are called to go into different lands, strange lands that you look back at the history of Christianity and how it has been willing to go into other cultures and be cross-cultural is unlike any other experience Mm -hmm. because most of the time culture changes in only one way and that's through conquering, conquering. Yeah. They go in, they conquer and force people and kill people who don't agree with them. Whereas Christianity was the exact opposite. 
you know, and that's what makes it so unique. And so it would go in, we'll talk more about this later. It respects the, the forms of the culture. It doesn't accept all of them, but it, it respects them enough to then interpret the propositional truths of Jesus. So it, this is an area that is happening that's being carved out in our world. It's a new area. It's becoming more important. It's a, it's a, there's an entire culture that we need to understand, and we're called to go. And so I think that's the first reason why we need to dig into a series on mental health. Number two, um, you know, this, there's a, the cultural shift. Like I was just talking about how you go into culture. Well, it's based on first Corinthians nine verse 19, where Paul says the following, though I am free from all people, right? So he said, I'm free from the expectations of people. I'm free from the requirements of people the control and manipulation of people. I belong to Jesus and him alone. My only allegiance is to him. He says, even though I'm free from all people, I have made myself a slave to all so that I may gain more. Now listen to what he says about the culture. To the Jews, I became as a Jew so that I might gain Jews. To those who were under the law, I became as one under the law, though not being under the law myself, so that I might gain those who are under the law. To those who are without the law, I became as one without the law, though not being without the law of God, but under the law of Christ, so that I may gain those who are without the law. To the weak, I became weak, to that I might gain the weak. I become all things to all people, so that I may by all means save some. I do all things for the sake of the gospel, so that I may become a fellow partaker of it. And so notice how he's saying, I'm willing to become like these different cultures and these different groups. I'm willing to adapt. I am willing to adapt. And so we have an entire culture now um, of people that are dealing with mental health issues, Mm -hmm. right? There's an entire economy that revolves around it. And uh, there's investment in it to help this. And so I think that what we need to do is we're called to go in and understand. Mm -hmm. If nothing else, just understand. And so we're called to do that. Why? So that we can win people to Christ. That's our goal. And this is a side note. This, like I said earlier, is that because Christianity goes in and respects the forms of a culture, right? It has been able to penetrate cultures and then preach the propositional truth of the gospel in the cultural norms Mm. so that people really understand them and then the culture can transform. And so I think the thing is, is that it's very important that we go into this culture with open hearts to understand it, right? And, and then uh, adopt some of the forms of that culture, not ones that contradict the gospel, but we need to understand the forms and the language so that we can proclaim the immutable gospel of Christ and, and see them come together. That, and that's one reason why... Uh, Christianity is so different than other religions. All other religions, as you said earlier, they conquer. That's how they force their they force it on other people. Whereas Christianity is the opposite. It transforms the culture from the inside out. And what's interesting is that this works on massive scales, right? But it also works on an individual scale. Right. Have you ever noticed that? Is that when people say come to Christ, they don't say, well, if you want to become a Christian, you're going to have to get a haircut, you're going to have to change your diet, you're going to have to wear these clothes, listen to this music, and you're going to have to stop doing that. You're going to have to stop smoking, drinking, chewing, and going with girls who do. You're going to have to stop this, you're going to have to stop that, and then you can become a Christian. It doesn't work that way, does it? In a lot of ways, it says come to know Christ, right, and then let him transform you from the inside out. 
is kind of the principle there. So now our culture is completely focused on this issue. So the key is to enter into it uh, without jumping on some sort of bandwagon, right? We don't do that. We've talked about that before, but that can't stop us from entering into it and understanding it. And finally, the main reason we want to enter into it is because Jesus tells us in the New Testament through James and through the Apostle John that it's not enough to say we care. You can't just say you care. You've actually got to do something tangible that makes a difference, right? right? In James chapter 2, verse 14, uh, James says, What use is it, my brothers and sisters, if someone says he has faith, but he has no deeds or no work? Can that faith save him? If a brother or sister is without clothing and in need of daily food, and one of you says to him, Go in peace, be warm, and be filled, yet you do not give them what is necessary for their body, what use is that? In the same way, faith also, if it has no works, is dead being by itself. So you notice what James says here. The principle is, most importantly, is he says, if you say be warm and filled, when what is the person in need, right? They need to be warm. They need clothing or shelter, right? They need food, so be filled. So you're saying, you know, be full and be okay, but then you don't give them food right. or clothing or shelter, then that just makes you look like a, can I say this on self pastor? It makes you look like an idiot. Yeah. You know, and yet our culture has become masters at this. Right. Well, I, I, I don't know. I'll pick on this for a minute. The, the people who get together at climate conferences, you know, to talk about how everybody needs to curtail their CO2 emissions and they fly jets to get there. Yes. That, that's a perfect example of what James here is talking about from 2000 years ago. The other thing that's interesting is um, 1 John 3.16 says this, We know love by this, that Christ laid down his life for us. We ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. But whoever has worldly goods and sees his brother or sister in need and closes his heart against him, how does the love of God remain in him? Little children, let us, let's not love with word or with tongue, but in deed and True. So Christianity at its core has always been transformational because it seeks to minister to the, the material needs of people. And we've seen this, you know, in, in uh, hunger programs, you know, like we have a food pantry to feed right. the hungry. We see it in clothing. We see it in prisons. And so this, to me, makes absolute perfect sense to say there's people struggling with these things. And so we should care about them and see how we can help. Yeah, I think it's super important to understand this isn't just, you know, a bandwagon movement of, well, everyone else is in the world is talking about mental health. This is we're going and seeing a need and we're trying to reach the people that are in need. I loved uh, when you were talking about um, that first Corinthians things where he became weak so that he might gain the weak. He He went to the lawless. It's like if you're going to try to reach these people for Christ, you have to meet them where they're at. And mm-hmm. if this is their number one struggle they're dealing with, you don't just say, well, that's nice that you're dealing with that. I don't want to deal with that. I just want to tell you about my thing. It's like there's that doesn't help them at all. They don't see the redemptive propositional truth that Jesus is. If you're, again, just saying, oh, I hope you work through that. Um, call me when you're over that, and we'll we'll talk about Jesus, right? Right, like, yeah. That's not, you, we need to be offering help and hope. Right, you together. Can't just, yeah. You can't just do one, right? Mm-hmm. It needs yeah. to be both. needs to be both. So when we, we're going to wade into these uncharted waters <laughs> uh, here at Foothills, talk to me about how we're planning on navigating them. 
Well, I think, you know, more than anything else, we need to be really aware of what is going on. And, and so I, I think, you know, you know, we, we don't want to jump on a bandwagon. That's very important. And anybody who's listened to Salty Pastor for any amount of time says like, we always enter. Yeah. We always enter into these things. Honestly, we are, we tend to be research driven. We are uh, propositional truth driven. And so as with any and all of these situations, you have so many people that are dealing with this in a real way. Right. But then you'll always have charlatans on the outskirts of it that, you know, you know, use the pain of people to manipulate them, take right. advantage of them. And then some people will use the what other people are going through and try to to mirror that in their life to get attention. We, we go in, we, we we're totally aware of all this. And so we have to actually go in and say, okay, first let's assess what's really going on. And the stats I think are pretty clear. Whereas most diseases, most ailments, even, you know, recovery times for physical traumas, car wrecks and accidents and stuff like that, um, are all going down, you know, uh, cancer mitigation has been just phenomenal over the last 20 years. You know, survivability rates have gone through the roof because they've gotten so good at treating cancer, heart disease issues. Uh, a lot of these things, you know, you think, gosh, just even basic antibiotics. And you think of a, so all of these things in health industry, our health industry is getting better and better, are going down, 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 except for one thing. The prices of those things. Yeah. <laughs> funny, <laughs> funny. Love it. Yeah. Well, the one area mental health issues are going up. And so the question is, why is that? And especially among younger generations, one in five of all adults, a full 20% are going to deal with a severe mental health crisis in their life. According to the National Institute of Health, 32% of adolescents deal with anxiety disorder, not just, you know, but anxiety disorder. That's one out of three right? According to the Census Bureau's household uh, pulse survey, 50%, so one out of two, 18 to 24-year-olds report dealing with anxiety and or depression. 50%, 18 to 24-year-olds. Finally, the American Psychological Association reports 20% of teens have seriously considered suicide. And according to the Centers for Disease and Control, the CDC, Suicide is the second leading cause of death among 14 to 18 year olds. These numbers uh, show this is a real problem, right, for a lot of people. And we want to understand why, how we got here, it, what can we do about it, uh, how do we care? You know, if, if someone is, you know, hungry, how do we say be filled? You know, how do we meet that need and do it in a way that is helpful and not hurtful. Because I think sometimes Christians, you know, followers of Christ, we, oh, there's a need. We want to go out and help, right? And do what we can. And it ends up not helping. A perfect example of this is when we used to do missions work in Honduras with a group called Heart to Honduras. And whenever we take groups down there, they would have an orientation. And in the orientation, they would say, okay, we're going to go to all these villages. These people are really, really poor. And you're going to see these people. You're going to befriend them. And you're going to want to give them stuff. You know, you're, you're going to want to give them the shirt off your back. He says, don't do that. Because what happens is you create dependency upon these people. And they, instead of looking at you at friends, they look at you as some type of uh, a Santa Claus type thing. Right. And so he goes, what we do is 
anything you want to give to the people in this village, we give to the pastor of the church. Mm. And then the pastor of the church will disseminate it according to your wishes. But what that does is it keeps the church the center of life in the community, which builds a strong community. Mm. So sometimes he would say, your help, your compassion undermines the community strength instead of building it, right? It's, oh, that's a good point. So in the same way, we want to wade into this and we want to go in and we want to be helpful, but we want to do it the right way. So we want to listen to what experts are saying. We want to see what the research is saying. You know what I'm saying? Because we, we've, we've got to see how these numbers have, uh, right now, they're, you know, they're, they're bad. And they've gone up exponentially since COVID lockdowns, particularly among young people. We want to know why is that? So we need to be aware of these increasing trends, especially among young people uh, that are dealing with anxiety, depression, stress, burnout, isolation, and much more. Um, all of these are mental health issues, and we want to be able to go in, help honestly and, and forthrightly in a, in a good way, not an undermining way of what's going on. And so I think we need to know what's going on first. That's a really big deal. Yeah, I think understanding that, I mean, my wife is uh... – has a master's degree in psychology, was mm -hmm. a counselor, a licensed counselor for a long time. So my understanding of mental health and how rampant this is has really gone up since being with her as far yeah. as that time, just because it was never something that I really thought about just because I personally haven't suffered anything of a major crisis other than situational times, right? Yeah. And so it's like, seeing these stats is really opened my heart and my heart and talking with her about some of the clients she had to meet with. It's just like, yeah. it is so rampant and there is such a need for it. And in some aspects of it, the church is perfectly positioned to help these people. And then right. if they're not positioned to do it, they're positioned to help them find the resources they need. Right. Like, yeah. and, and, and be part of the solution rather mm -hmm. than just like you said, Oh, well that's, that's nice that you're dealing with that. Let me know when you got that all figured out and yeah, then we'll, exactly. we'll talk, right? Yeah. yeah. So what else are yeah, we doing? Well, that, that's a perfect example. The next thing is we can't be dismissive, right? We don't want to be dismissive. And the biblical principle in James passage is clear. He's saying, don't be dismissive. Don't say, I care about you. I want you to be warm. I, d I want you to be full, you know, go in peace. It's like, okay, that's just being dismissive. Mm -hmm. That's, that's, what today the term is, that's virtue signaling. That's saying you care about something and then you don't do diddly squat about it, right. right? So don't say you care if you're not willing to, at the very least, you know, make some effort in your immediate circle. So the point is dismissiveness is bad, right? So don't be dismissive of real need people are struggling with in their lives. And some of the ways that we can be dismissive is like you said, we can ignore, say, well, you get that taken out and then I'll talk to you about Jesus when you're fine. Well, that's called ignoring. Another way we're dismissive is what we call platitudes, right? A, a platitude is defined as a statement uh, that you make to try to say you care without actually doing anything, mm -hmm. right? Or actually helping. And what it does is it takes the responsibility. So basically uh, pump, it puffs you up, right, and puts the so solution to the problem on the other person, right, and say, well, you're not succeeding in this area of your life because you haven't done something, right? Mm -hmm. uh, one, of the most, one of the most common platitudes that, that happen are the issue is, well, you just haven't prayed enough about it, right? Mm -hmm. that, now, I'm a very big fan of prayer, right? right. And prayer is critical, 
uh, to any process. Without prayer, I don't think you're going to have success. But simply saying, hey, you haven't prayed about it enough sometimes, or you're not, a, you're not laboring in prayer enough, is not the solution. For instance, it, like, like James is saying, if someone comes to you and says, you know, I'm starving, you don't say, well, have you prayed about it enough for God to meet the need? Or if, you know? if you're struggling with, uh, if you're on your way to dialysis and someone just walks yeah. up and is like, oh, well, you don't need dialysis. You just need to pray more. Pray it's more. like, well, no, I, I, I have a yeah. biological issue that's literally killing me. Like I need, it needs to be dealt with. Not yeah. that God can't work miracles. Right. Right. But that would be like, you know, but when, when it comes to mental health, that's kind of the, the mindset we switch to, yeah. right? Is if someone was like dying of cancer and we were just like, well, you just need to be praying more. Stop doing all the other stuff. Like, you, yeah, you're we wouldn't do that. Yeah. Right. There's, a, there's an old joke that we used to tell in the Midwest all the time. And that is there was a flood and this guy climbed out on his roof. And so uh, this bo- boat comes up and, and says, hey, I'm here to rescue. He goes, no, I'm praying that the Lord will deliver me. Right. Mm-hmm. And then so it was a neighbor. And so he go, go in his John boat. So he just takes off. And then and then the, the it's like a Coast Guard boat, you know, right. and a federal boat comes by and goes, uh, we need to evacuate. The waters are going coming up. They're rising. We need to get you out of the guy sitting on his roof goes, no, I pray that the Lord would deliver me. And then finally, a Coast Guard helicopter comes in and says, you know, the water's up, you know, halfway up the roof and he's on the peak, you know, hanging on the chimney. And he says, sir, we're going to save you. And he goes, no, I pray that the Lord will save me, you know, and then the waters overcome and he drowns and he gets to heaven and he goes, he goes, God, I'm so disappointed in you that you didn't save me. All my faith was in you. And God goes, well, what do you want me to do? I sent two boats in a helicopter. <laughs> yeah. See, it's kind of like that is that, oh, and that's what James is getting at is that it's spiritually important to care for the needs, but it's just as important to meet the physical need. That doesn't mean you have to meet every need. It doesn't mean you have the resources to meet every need, but just say, this is what I can do in my area. And one of our old catchphrases is do all you can with what you got. Right. Right. Um, and that's it. So I, I think it's really important not to be dismissive and use platitudes. Um, the, the best way to not be dismissive in all of this is to admit that there are people who are struggling with real things and they need to be addressed. And these kind of are, they're multifaceted. Mm-hmm. So yes, there is a spiritual need. Prayer is critical, but there's also a biological need, right? Mm-hmm. It can, it, there can be a mental or an emotional need, mm-hmm. right? That needs to be addressed and sometimes even physical. Mm-hmm right? Like chemical imbalances, you know, I think it's important to understand like schizophrenia is a real thing, right? right? And you could put somebody on lithium, right? And they'll be fine. So there's a very specific chemical physical issue that can be addressed through treatment, right? right? So anyway, long and short of it, I think it's important not to be dismissive, keep our eyes open and be honest and say, okay, we want to come in, we want to help in a way that actually helps and doesn't hurt. Well, and I think the, the, the key word you use there is honesty, right? Like, I think it's super easy to one, like you said, just be like, well, those things, they just need to work through it or be dismissive, Yeah. but also understanding that even in the church, there's a lot of people struggling with this stuff. I think yes. it's really easy to forget that you look around in the auditorium on a Sunday, there's going to be one in five people. This is not a one in five people outside of the church struggle with right, mental exactly. health. Yeah issues. Yeah. It's one in five people. Yeah. 
period. Across the board. Yes. And so we have to be aware that there's people inside our church building already, not even just the people outside the building that are struggling with this. And then when we are making, if you're making comments about, well, that's just in their heads or those people just need to like man up or buck up or, you know, back in my day, we didn't deal with this. And it's like, okay, that's, that may be true that you didn't deal with it back then, but that doesn't mean that it's not a real thing now. Right? Like Mm -hmm. we have to be aware that those things do exist, that people within our church body and outside of the church body are all struggling with this. And we have to bring some awareness so that we can bring that help and bring that hope. Right. Yeah, exactly. And I, you know, I think what's so interesting about it is, is that that's why we have to be not just honest, but we have to really be thorough because I'll tell you what, sometimes depression in your life is directly linked to unrepentant sin in your life. You know, and there's no pill that's going to fix that. There's no therapy that's going to fix that until you come to Jesus and deal with that in the right way. Some mental health issues are purely spiritual. Are purely spiritual. But then there's also, this is really important to understand, is in Christianity, we have to avoid Gnosticism at all costs. And what is Gnosticism? It's a division between the spiritual and the physical, Mm -hmm. right? Uh, It came out of Platonic dualism and it was a real problem in the first century in the church. First, it was Judaizers. And so the early letters of Paul all addressed the Judaizers, right? But then shortly thereafter, the Gnostics were a problem. And that's why the Apostle John's letters were written. And that was to refute Gnosticism. And, and it's really important is that when I say, if, if I'm a Gnostic, I say, well, your problem is spiritual. Then what I'm going to say is it's 100% spiritual, has no physical manifestation in your life. Mm-hmm. But that is a heresy in the New Testament. Right. You, you catch that? It's, so what we believe is really important in the biblical truth is really important. It says we're not Gnostic. And that is, I have a spiritual problem, but it manifests in the, in the physical realm. Yeah. If, right? It can do that, yes. Yeah. And I would say, go so far as more than likely it does. Okay. Not less likely, right? Now, sometimes you can, you know... You're going to feel like if you're under attack, let's say we pray for a hedge of protection covering over the staff all the time, right? You're under spiritual attack, okay? And so you know what a spiritual attack feels like. Mm -hmm. You know those happen to you. Do those have any manifestations in your life in the physical world? Absolutely. Yeah. That's how you know you're under attack. Right. (laughs) Right? So so my point is, is is that we have to be really careful to say, well, we need to address the physical and the spiritual at the same time. Well, and I, I think something you and I have talked about as we were preparing for this series is, you know, every mental health issue has a spiritual component yes. to it, but not every mental health issue is purely spiritual. Right. Does that make sense? So it's like, like you said, the schizophrenia is probably not a purely spiritual thing. There's some sort of chemical imbalance causing those things. And so there's a physical aspect to it, but there's right. also a spiritual aspect to it, right? Yeah. There's no division between those two. You are spiritual and physical and you will experience things will cross over back and forth. Yeah. And I think the issue here is called, it's a principle called streamlining causal distinctions. People are like, what in the that world is, are you talking you're about? You're using big words. Stream, you streamline causal distinctions. And that is, is that every problem, every cancer, Every disease, every tsunami that kills innocent children is is a spiritual problem, right? And the, the cause of it was the fall of Adam and Eve that cursed the world with sin and allowed Satan to do his thing. Right. So from one standpoint, you could say, yeah, schizophrenia is caused by the spiritual fall of Adam and Eve, right? 
But the the issue though is is now is what people do is they streamline that. Uh, and what that means basically is you jump over all the intermediate causal steps. Okay. Right. And the way you illustrate it is like this, is that a woman is on trial for killing her husband. Right. And the prosecutor says, uh, you know, you've been charged with killing your husband and, and she says, I plead innocent. I didn't do it. She's on the stand. And he basically says, well, w- you know, number one, did you buy the cyanide? Yes. Uh, did you put the cyanide in his coffee? Yes. Did you put it in front of him to drink it? Yes. Did he drink it? Yes. Did he die from the cyanide? Yes. See, we don't put all those causal steps in. We just streamline all of them and say, she killed her husband. Right. Right. Does that make sense? Yes. And so in the same way, in a, in a really broad, super general sense, that's true. But the thing is, is that if you streamline causal distinctions, then what happens is you're dismissive of the real need, mm-hmm. right? And it's, a, oh, well, what is the need for a person with schizophrenia, right? Is what? A chemical imbalance, right? Well, you, you could say, well, that person has a chemical imbalance. Why? Right? Because when their mother and father, there was a genetic anomaly, mm-hmm. Right. And say, okay, well, where did that genetic anomaly come back from? And then you have to track back through all of the right. ancestors, right? And then well, where was the? And then you have to say, well, where was the original genetic anomaly come from? Well, it came from Adam and Eve. So, but that's kind of a mute point, mm-hmm. right? That's a mute point when you're trying to help somebody with schizophrenia. Right? Does that make sense? Yes. Track it all back. What you want to do is you say, okay, let's try to treat this right now, right. and then. And then once their mind clears, then they can go. Uh, a movie was made about this called A Beautiful Mind. He was a Nobel Prize winning mathematician. And it's interesting because in order to do math, he couldn't take lithium. And so he had to train his brain not to listen to his own illusions. Right. Which is really quite remarkable. And so uh, most people can't do that. Right. Right. And it's like when someone's hungry and they come to our food pantry, we don't ask them, well, have you learned how to grow food? What, what do we do is, well, we feed them and then we go, okay, how can we help you get a job, right. be productive Set them up to, yeah, for yeah. success? It's very similar to that. And so I think it's really important that we not be dismissive by streamlining causal distinctions. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So, I mean, talk to me as we're kind of wrapping up, uh, are there any other things you want to utilize when we're navigating this? I think I think kind of setting the stage of how we're going to go about it is really important when that's kind of what we're doing today is like, hey, we're going to dive into these waters. Here's kind of the guide rails we're using while we're in these waters, right? Yeah. So uh, were there any other guide rails you wanted to give us as we're, as we're swimming through this? Well, I think we need to be really honest and truthful about our exploration of this topic. We need to evaluate and analyze how we got here. Why have these numbers gone up so much after the COVID lockdowns? We, we have to find an honest answer to that question. Um, and that, I think that's one of the most beautiful things about Christianity in general is that historically, uh, contrary to what you've been told or taught in school system, is that Christianity has always approached things honestly and open-minded. You know, uh, over the centuries, people will point to critics and naysayers and accusers of Christianity uh, what's really fascinating is there, those points are actually irre- irrelevant when you actually read the historical account because what actually ended up happening. Uh, a perfect example of this is chattel slavery. A lot of people say America is 
needs to be torn down because it practiced chattel slavery in the 1800s. But actually, that's irrelevant because everybody practiced chattel slavery, right? And the issue isn't who was practicing because every single person was, right? The issue is how did America respond to it? America was in Britain were the leaders in stopping it. Mm-hmm. And now they've been able to get that to propagate throughout the majority of the world. It still exists in, in Islamic countries, though, uh, much to the chagrin of, of Western countries. So when we see this behavior, this, this uh, uh, I guess, examples from ancient Christianity over the last 2,000 years, we have a great cloud of witnesses that can say to us, hey, we need to go in and explore this, figure out how we got here, what, what is the truth about what we can do. And so I, I just want to challenge our people to be uh, faithful, right, and be willing to be really open-minded, but also don't rush to conclusions. Let's thoughtfully think about this. Let's consider it. Come, let us reason together so that we can really come to a deep and abiding understanding how to help people who are really struggling with mental health issues. And I think after this series, if you're a part of uh, the Foothills Christian Church or if you're a part of the Salty Pastor podcast crew, what you're going to do is you're going to go, wow, I, I I am tooled up to help and understand what I'm personally maybe going through at some point in my life and to help those who are closest to me in this, mm. you know, and, and bring about healing and restoration because something that you said earlier is so important about this entire series. Our goal is simple through the gospel of Christ. We want to bring hope and help. Yeah. And I think that, that you also made a really great distinction as we wrap up is just because you may not personally be going through something like a mental health crisis or an issue that doesn't mean that one of your loved ones or That's someone right. around you isn't. And yeah. so similar to when we did the men's study or the women's study, just because you're not currently going through this, don't tune out. Like don't say, okay, I'm just going to tune out for the next eight weeks. Cause I don't have any mental health issues. That's I don't right. need to worry about this. It's not a big deal. One in five, yeah. one in five people are doing it. So that means of five people around you, one of them is going around it. And if you don't, if four other people, you know, don't have it, it might be you and you just <laughs> haven't dealt with it yet. I think yeah. that's also if everybody. If you look around in your circle of close friends and everybody's normal, then you might be the one. It might be the one and that's okay. <laughs> it's okay to not be okay. And that's part of this too, is discovering yes. what okay those to things not be are. Okay. So uh, well, I'm super excited for this series. I think it's going to be one of the most powerful things we talk about all year mm. um, outside of, you know, just the hope that Christ brings. But yes. I mean, this bringing mental health awareness is going to be so important for yes. how we can make a real true impact in our culture today. So I'm excited for it. I think this is going to be great. Do you have any final challenges for the people as we go in? Well, I just want people to pray and, and invite somebody. Uh, and, and two, if you listen to the salty pastor podcast, ask your spouse or family member, aunt, uncle, brother, sister, neighbor, whatever, to listen to it with you. Uh, if you are in the treasure Valley, uh, please come down and be on campus because I think that would be great. If you're not in the Treasure Valley, watch online, yeah. you know, and if you're a shut-in, you could just turn us on live and be a part of it. However you choose to do it, don't miss this series, be a part of it, pray that God would move through you to make a difference in your life and in somebody else's life. Well, thank you, Pastor, and we thank you guys for joining us today. Make sure you tune in on Thursday. This is a series you're not going to want to miss. We'll see you then. Blessings. 